Good evening. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship um, coming to you with our annual Saturday night message. We thank you for listening to us. It's always a blessing to come to you. And we're excited about it. Want to say Merry Christmas to those. Christmas is a few days away, and we hope you have Merry Christmas. Enjoy your family and friends. But we just want to uh, continue on this series that we've been talking about. Uh, the habits of a thankful heart, okay? Habits of a thankful heart, developing habits of learning how to be thankful, even in situations like during this, specifically the holiday season where maybe you've, you missed a loved one, maybe they're in the military, or maybe someone has passed away in your life. Um, you know, how to be thankful and how to be grateful, even in you know, uh, tough situations or circumstances that are not um, what you would like at this present time in this season. And so, but you have to develop habits. No, I use the word habits, okay? Habits are something that you, they say, I've learned that somebody said that um, you develop good habits over maybe like 21 days. And so you do, you, it becomes a habit. And so this is where we want to spend some time Develop habits of a thankful heart, learning how to be thankful. Because the Bible talks a lot about being thankful for what God is doing, even in the midst of tough times. And so we want to continue on that journey. We're on lesson six, okay? We're on lesson six. And the title, right? The title, I want you to pay attention to the title of tonight's um, lesson of the word that God has given me for you is it says quit your belly aching now i know that's kind of tough and it's harsh and some of these it's talking about quit your belly aching okay and so you maybe before you turn me off okay we we all do it we all are guilty of it but i want to give you the foundational scripture we're going to be dealing with tonight and once again this lesson is coming from the book of philippians okay and we're in chapter two tonight chapter two we're going to focus on chapter two verse 14 and listen to what it says because it's really in line with what the title is quit your belly aching and listen to what paul tells the church of philippi he says do all things without grumbling and questioning listen to what he tells them do all things without grumbling or questioning now paul makes it specific here okay to do this now, it's, it's tempting to think that complaining is no big deal because it seems like a natural response to disappointment or frustration. But complaining is a cancer on your spiritual life. It is a symptom of an unhealthy sense of pride. And it signals a profound ingratitude of what God in his providence is doing in your lives. Okay, so I said a lot there. So... When we start talking about complaining, it seems natural, okay? It seems like you say, well, ain't no big deal, okay? Everybody do it. So it's tempting to think that complaining is no big deal because it's a natural response to disappointment and frustration. It's a natural response to complain and, and start bellyaching when things don't go your way, when things are not going right, when things are just all chaotic and, you know, things are just... It's pretty much everything that can happen will happen. You heard that slogan. And, and so, you know, hey, and it's, you may be saying, I got a right to complain. 
I got a right to complain. Look at what's going on. Look what's going on in my relationship. Look what's going on in my marriage. Look what's going on with my kids, you know, my job. I mean, you know, you go to your job, you complain because your boss getting on your nerves. They, you know, we live in the season now. I know they have high expectations at your job and then, but you got less time to do it, less help to do it. And so you can probably go on your job, you hear complain, or maybe you complain, and we like I said, we all are guilty. I complain. So understand that we all do it, but it's a natural response, and it's easy for us to think that it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Everybody does it. I got a right to complain. I have a valid reason because I've been hurt, I've been mistreated, I've been betrayed and people turn it back on me and people don't treat me right you know people cut me off in traffic and you know what people can't drive you know we we come up with all these things that give us legitimate reason to complain but notice what i love what it says here it says but complaining is a cancer to your spiritual life okay so now think about that i want you to think about it. it's a cancer what does cancer do cancer eats away of the body if anybody that you've had cancer or maybe you've had a loved one that died of cancer, you know, if you saw the process, it really hurt you how the cancer just ate away at their body, how they got, became smaller and they lost weight. Well, imagine that being in your spiritual life. Cancer is eating away. Complaining is like cancer is eating away at your spiritual life. And you are spiritually dying when you spend a lot of time complaining. So think about that. You mean you're killing yourself spiritually when you spend a lot of time complaining. Now, I'm not saying nobody's perfect at it. But what I want to do challenge you tonight is to pay attention to your complaining. And then when you see yourself complaining or, you know, sense yourself complaining, then you pull back and then you begin to develop this habit of thankfulness. And begin to thank God. You know what? Yeah, I have a right to complain because it's going. But you know what? I'm going to praise God. And so we don't want this to eat away at your life. See, whether you realize it. And sometimes, and think about it. Some people who have cancer don't even realize it. And it's eating away in their body, at their body. And they don't even realize it until they go to the doctor. Doctor says, you know what? Or maybe they had some type of sickness. You know, they felt bad. They went to the doctor and they had cancer. Do you... Do you you may not even realize, and we know how cancer is eating away at your spiritual life. And, and we have to protect our spiritual life, our that relationship with God. We have to protect, we have to guard it. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issue of life. It says, Moses says, it says, guard. It says, be careful what you think for out of it. So we got to guard our hearts, okay, against complaining. Guard your heart now to the point where you get to a place where it is beginning to eat away at your spiritual life and you become ungrateful. Because notice here, it is that it is the symptom of an unhealthy sense of pride, okay? So it's a symptom. So complaining is a symptom. So understand that when you're complaining it is a symptom of something going on in you it says a sense of unhealthy pride so understand pay attention to the symptoms so notice when you're sick you got to pay attention to the symptoms so complaining is a symptom 
of an unhealthy sense of pride and says that it signals a profound ingratitude of what God in his provision, providence, excuse me, is doing in your life. So God is doing something in your life, but yet, you know what? You ungrateful, you know, you're ungrateful for what he's doing. And so, and, and it comes through complaining. So we really have to pay attention to it. So I said a lot there, but I understand that's this is this um type of thing that we have to pay attention. Um that complaining is very serious, even though we take it lightly, but but according to Paul here, complaining is a very serious thing and it can eat away at you, eat away at your relationship with God. It says, so let me go read it again. It says, you know, Philippians 2 4. It says, do all things, not some things now. Paul is very specific. Do all things without grumbling and questioning. This is what we have to do. Okay. And so, Paul follows the, the Christ hymn with the exhortation to do everything without grumbling. Okay. So the connection is clear. If we truly understand what Jesus did to reconcile us to God, we will be filled with such gratitude and joy that we will humbly endure difficult circumstances without complaining. So when we get it, so here's the connection here. When we truly understand, okay, what Jesus did to reconcile us, and this is awesome. He says, you will be, we'll be filled with, with, with such gratitude that we, when you endure the hard time, you endure um, the tough situations, you will endure it, but you, you have to get a revelation of what Jesus did for us on Calvary. You have to constantly keep that revelation in the front, in the forefront of your eyes, and keep it before you, and let you know, hey, you know what? I always got to go back to what Calvary. And the song says, "Lest I forget thy agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lest I forget what you did for me on Calvary." The song says, "It says, leave me to Calvary." It says, "Don't forget." What Christ did for us on Calvary. It says, don't forget all his benefits that Jesus did for us. What he did on Calvary. Okay, so we understand, hey, you be, but when you get a clear revelation of what Jesus did for you, hey, you endure the difficulty without complaining. Without complaining, you won't do it. So the more, more than that, we will serve others even if they don't appreciate it. Now, that's big here because guess what? You know what? I got a valid reason to complain because, you know, what? I did something, especially during this holiday season. I did something for my loved one. I did something. And you know what? They didn't appreciate it. I gave them a gift. You know what? They didn't appreciate it. They haven't increased my spouse. You know what? All I did to good work hard, and they didn't appreciate it. My kids didn't even appreciate it. My my um brother or sister didn't even appreciate what I did. But when you get a revelation with Jesus, it says you will you will serve others even if they don't appreciate it. Why? Because we desire to show the world the same love that Christ showed us. That's why you don't complain. Because you desire to show the world the same 
love that Christ showed you. That's why you do, even if they don't appreciate it. But guess what? Because think about it. Look at, we need to look at ourselves. Look at all the things that we have done or didn't do. And God still showed us love. His love never changed. He still, even when we won't do what we're supposed to do, or we, when we neglected to do the thing we're supposed to do, God still woke us up. Okay, he still made sure he provided for it. He took care of us. He watched over as I as the older folk in the old church I grew up. They say he he protected you through seen and unseen danger. Okay, so so it says, hey, so even though somebody is not appreciating you right now, but what you're doing in this season, you know what? The the, the message tonight is quit your belly aching. Even if they don't appreciate it, still do good things for them, right? Still do, you know, give them, be given and serve them, even if they don't appreciate it. Why? Because Christ did the same thing for us. Man, that's powerful right there. He did the same. You got to keep that mindset, you know, and, and this is, once again, this is a habit. This don't, it's not going to happen automatically. You have to train yourself to think this way. You have to constantly train yourself to think like this because this is not natural. What this is a supernatural. We serve a supernatural God and you have supernatural thinking begin to start. Last week, we talked about thinking like Christ, having the mind of Christ. And this is one of the ways we got to have the mind of Christ. So remember the, the illustration Paul is using. Remember this picture Paul is using. He says he's speaking of how Jesus made the awesome sacrifice for us of becoming a man and dying for our sins. Okay. This is what we talked about last week, how Jesus having a, he became a servant. How he he um didn't think it was eager for him to be with God, but he be, he came down, became a servant, died, you know, for us took off his glory, took off his royalty, and became a servant, a slave, as the Bible says. This is what he's talking This is what Paul, we talked about last week. And so he goes and says, so Jesus died for us on the cross, and he didn't do no belly aching. Okay, he didn't do, he didn't, he didn't complain about what he had to do. Okay, he did it, the Bible says he did it with honor. As you read, I believe Hebrews 12, it says, hey, it gave him pleasure to do what he did for us, even though he was dying for people who he wasn't sure would serve him. Okay, we'll respond to what he did for us, but he did it anyway. He didn't do what he didn't, he didn't complain. Okay. So the question is, how did he do? How did Jesus do this? Okay. Going said he, he this is speaking of how Jesus made an awesome sacrifice of, of becoming a man and dying for our sins, but how did he do it? He didn't go it. He didn't do it with grumbling and complaining. He didn't do that. He willingly submitted himself to God's plan. Likewise, if we want to act like sons of God, we not only need to comply with his will, okay, but we need to do it willingly, okay? Willingly, he need to do it. If we are willing and obedient, we will eat of the good of the land. That came from Isaiah um, 1 and 19. So, hey, he didn't do it. He didn't do. Jesus submitted to God's will, and he did it without grumbling and complaining. 
And we need to take that same attitude. Likewise, it says if we're going to be sons of God, sons and daughters of God, we need to comply with the will of God. You may be saying, well, what is the will of God for me in this season? Well, the way you get into the will of God is, first of all, you get into the world. But one way it says we are to praise God. One of the wills of God, as we dealt with, I believe, in the first lesson, where it says rejoice again. Say rejoice. Okay, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. In other words, be thankful all the time. Be thankful all the time. We need to do this willingly. You, you know, we, you know, you, if you can't find a reason to be thankful, you have been a reason. Just look at what Jesus did for us. That is the reason that we need to be thankful. So, in other words, quit your belly aching. I, and I'm, I'm preaching to myself too. We need to quit belly aching about what we have, the difficult time. Quit belly aching. I know I'm not here. To, Honestly, I always say I'm not here to minimize your situation, but I'm here to tell you that you want to exalt God above your circumstances. He needs to be exalted above your circumstances in every situation, in every time, no matter what the season is, no matter what you're going through. We need to train ourselves to exalt him above every circumstance, every situation. He needs to be exalted. He needs to be praised. We need to get in the attitude of thankfulness no matter what. So I'm just going to give you a little commentary. Just break this scripture down. We read. Let's go back and read again. Um, Philippians chapter 2 and 14. It says, do all things without grumbling and questioning. Or one verse is grumbling and complaining. And so let's look at this. Let's break this down. When we let God work in our lives. To will and to do his good pleasure, we become free from murmuring, murmuring and disputing. So we become freedom when we let God do his work. Now we become and and to will and do good pleasure. We become free from that. We, you won't do it. So let's look at this word murmuring in the Greek. Um, tra it's translated in the New Testament twice as murmuring. And once as murmuring, and this verse is also, it says once as um, grudging. Okay. So the, in, in the Greek, it's Greek meaning carries the idea of murmuring or muttering and a displeasure and complaining that is more private in nature than public. Um, secret displeasure, not openly avowed. So let me say this. So you may not be complaining um, publicly, but you're complaining privately. You complain to yourself. Nobody hears you because maybe you're that person who don't say a lot. But, you know, deep down, you are very um, disappointed, displeasure at what's going on in your life. But you don't say anything. So it's saying here. It's not only public because we hear people, you may go to work or you may be public. You may be complaining to a friend or you may hear people complain to you. Um, but it's time we're talking about private. So it's talking about secret complaining. So it's not just public. This is private. It says secret displeasure or not openly avowed, which means, hey, 
it, it, it's not you're not just wrong when you make it public, but you're also wrong when you do it privately. And that's pretty strong. That's pretty strong. So even in our private thing, you God says, hey, you don't want to complain. You still want to focus on what Jesus did. Now, this word disputing, and this is from the King James, it was translated Greek. It says this word was also translated as doubtful. And so that comes with the other word questioning. Now, we're not talking about not asking God questions. It's okay to ask God questions because you see in the Bible where a lot of men ask God questions. David asked God questions. You know, there are people, Job asked God questions. So it's not wrong, but question is doubting when, when you're questioning God and doubting who he is or what he has done or you're doubting his promises because you're looking at your circumstance and says god you said this and you, so you begin to doubt and question you know his promises as being fulfilled in your life and so that word disputing is also in doubt it says in first timothy um two and eight Okay, it's a, it carries the idea of arguing or quarreling that does not bring about righteous, the righteous life that God desires. Okay, so if you're arguing and quarreling, okay, in a way that's not bringing about the righteous life that God desires, then guess what? That's wrong. So you, you, you're belly aching, you're, you are just complaining and as, as I said, it's it's like a cancer. It is eating away at your spiritual life. God, that's serious. I just think when I say that, I even say it for myself because that's, to me, that's serious. Your spiritual life is connected to your physical well-being. Let me say it again. Your spiritual life is connected to your physical well-being because if you're not healthy spiritually, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect you emotionally and it's going to eventually affect you physically. And that's where sickness comes from because a lot of people are not, they're not healthy emotionally and that they're not healthy emotionally because they're not healthy spiritually. Okay. And it's not bringing about the righteous life that God desires for you to have. So we, we've got to quit bellyaching. We've really got to pay attention to what's coming out of our mouth, not only publicly, but privately. When we grumble, we reveal the real motivations for our service. Okay. So when you're grumbling, you, you're revealing the real motivation behind your sermon. What is that? It's self-glorification, uh, self-satisfaction. So you only compare. Notice what I'm saying. Notice the word in front of those other words. It's self-glorification. It is self-satisfaction. Okay, self. No, what self? About me. It's about me, and we got to get out of that, because when you're serving somebody, it's about them, and you have you can't be a good servant and just focus on yourself. Complaining flows from a feeling of entitlement, from the belief that we are getting less than what we deserve. So understand, this is what complaining comes from. Complaining flows from a, a feeling that I feel entitled to this. You know what? I'm supposed to have this. I'm not getting what I deserve. I'm not getting what I'm supposed to have. I feel neglected. I feel um, mistreated. I feel 
you know, I'm in lack. You know what? I'm not. I don't feel appreciated. And don't, don't get me wrong. Maybe you feel that way, and maybe you have a valid reason for feeling that way. Once again, I'm not gonna say you don't have a reason, but what I'm challenging you to do tonight is to focus on praising God, and in spite of your situation, begin to praise Him, and then watch God do something in your spiritual life. You know, stop focusing on what you're getting and begin to serve anyway, regardless of whether somebody appreciates it. Give, give, I challenge you to give a gift to a person who you feel they don't deserve it. Don't deserve it. Just give to them or do something for them. You know, you feel like they don't deserve it. They didn't give back to you. But it's, it comes from a, a feel of entitlement, from the belief that we're not, we're getting less than what we deserve. But a Christian remembers that we're that we're in and not for says, let me say it again. But a Christian remembers that we're where it's not for Christ's loving sacrifice for, for us, we would deserve hell. Think about it. That's what a Christian remembers. If it was not for God, Christ sacrificing for us, we we we, we, we all deserve hell. If he hadn't sacrificed for us. So let me read the it says, but a Christian remembers that if it's not wasn't for Christ sacrificing his love for us, it wasn't for Christ's loving sacrifice, we all would deserve hell. That's what we deserve. If we got what you deserve, you say, well, I'm not getting what I deserve right now. I'm not getting the thing I deserve. So you're complaining, you're belly aching, you're complaining. You said, you know what? I'm mad. I'm upset. I'm hurt because I'm not getting what I deserve. But guess what? If God gave all of us and everyone, if every human being, he gave us what we deserve. The thing that we would deserve is hell. We all would be destined for burning hell. So, but this humility allows us to swallow your pride and be thankful. So, when you recognize that you know what, if it wasn't for Jesus, I, I, I deserve hell. I wouldn't deserve anything. I wouldn't deserve all His goodness, all His kindness toward me, all the blessings that I received even past and present and future, you wouldn't deserve none of that. But when you when we, when we swallow your pride and be thankful, this is when you remember that, it will allow you to swallow your pride and be thankful for what Christ has done already. And do you begin to also praise him for what he's going to do? Because he's not going to leave you that way. I know you may say, I deserve some stuff. Maybe it's been a season where you say, hey, I just haven't got what I felt like I deserve. But if you learn how to praise God, you develop this habit of thankfulness and quit belly aching, as I've been talking about tonight. If you just quit belly aching, you make a decision. You know what? I'm going to quit belly aching. I'm not going to complain about what I'm not getting. But I'm just going to begin to praise God. I'm going to begin to serve. I'm going to be a servant like he did. I'm going to be able to I'm gonna give like he gave. I'm just going to learn how to serve, even though I'm not getting there. I guarantee you, it's going to come back to you. 
as I said before, and I said this again, you may not reap where you're sowing, but you're going to reap what you sow. Remember that. Maybe you're sowing into somebody or you're sowing into something that you're not getting, you know, the results you want. You know, and maybe you need to change where you're sowing at. And I encourage you to pray about that. But you're going to you're going to reap what you're sowing. So pay attention. My anchor is to pay attention to what you're sowing. OK, so that you can reap it. Where you sowing may not be you may not be getting anything, but always pay attention to what you're sowing. What are you sowing into people? Because you may not get it from the person you're sowing into, but you may, God may, you're going to get it back, maybe back from someone, someone else, but you're going to get it. So, so when you are tempted to complain, I want to end with this tonight. When you are tempted to complain, compare your discomfort to what Christ endured for you. That's the whole key. When you are tempted to complain, compare your discomfort to what Christ has done for you. And I guarantee you, if you do that, um, you do that, that will um, help you eliminate some of the complaining that you, you, you're doing or you continue to. It would uh, help you begin to wean those things off complaining and, and pay attention to what Christ has done for you. So let me pray for you tonight. Father God, in the name of you, I speak to every person that's listening to this. I pray for them that they will begin to develop a habit of thankfulness and resist the temptation um, to complain, to just grumble and complain about what they're not getting. Even though, God, they're in a season right now where they're in lack. And maybe they feel unappreciated, but God, I pray right now that you would touch their hearts and allow them to focus on what you did for us. Because God, we understand that if you hadn't did for us what you did on Calvary, we all would deserve help. So God, help us to focus on um, what you did on Calvary and help us to resist the temptation to complain and to grumble and to murmur about what we don't have. But God, I pray that we would get a mindset of being a servant like you were, a servant that was willing and able, even though we're not being appreciated, that we would just give like you gave your son to us. Give even in the midst of people not appreciating you. Give us a mindset. Give them a mindset to give and know that, God, you're going to, whatever they're giving, they're going to get it a hundredfold. And I bless your name for everyone that's listening. I thank you. I thank you, God, that your word is falling on the ground. I thank you that they're receiving it right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening. I pray that you take this message to heart. And really uh, just meditate. I just feel like some of you need to really meditate on this with me, myself. I'm just going to really meditate on this and really begin to go into this season where, you know what, just resist complaining. Because, hey, I believe that if I just learn how to be a servant for God and give like he gave, it's going to come back to me. 
seven times, ten times more than what God is doing in my life right now. And I, I believe he's going to do it for you. So I want to encourage you tonight. Once again, we thank you for listening. Merry Christmas to you, to you and your family. Hope you enjoy uh, your Christmas with your family and loved ones. And we'll see you again next week and be back with you on lesson number seven on the habits of a thankful heart. Once again, thank you. And bye-bye. We'll see you next week.